Hello, welcome podcast listeners. For today, we are the great and students will be explaining their evil thoughts, I suppose, or their villains. Evil thoughts represented as story characters. Yes, sir. And we'll also be discussing a variety of different topics uh, like Malcolm Gadwell's uh, writing tips and discussing how it affected our writing processes. Okay, so who wants to start? Malcolm Gladwell tips, I when I first uh, learned about them in class, I already thought of them as uh, very good tips. I already agreed with them. Um, and then as I wrote and as I worked on my essay, it even it heightened my uh, belief in, in those tips because I always thought um, when you're making when you're making something artistic, uh, you, always, you always have to get the opinions of other people because that's where you're showing your art to, right? So uh, the tip uh, to talk about your ideas with other people was very helpful for me and I did do that. I, I talked to a, a bunch of classmates about it and yeah, I thought, I thought it, his tips were, I thought his tips were very helpful. Okay, so I agree with Parul that when talking to people about your ideas is is actually helpful because I am a guy who usually keeps my ideas to myself and then ends up like making it boring. So yesterday, when me and Jid went in a VC and then we were like doing our our story making about our villain and then I asked Jid about like ideas and stuff and then he he gave me. A, bunch of good ideas and I also asked him about his opinion which helped a lot. So I also want to talk about this whole um, like exchanging of ideas as well because um, as some of you may know may or may not know I wrote um, two I've written two stories and posted them on my Instagram page I won't like um, plug it anymore because it's annoying Um, so the first thing I wrote was um, like with an Averiel, um, this I, this manga that I wrote, I kept the ideas to myself most of the time, and by the end of it, I didn't really like it as much, like a lot more than the second story that I wrote, which was Sunflower and the, and the Sun. And the Sunflower and the Sun uh, love story that I wrote had a lot more, like a lot better um, reviews than the manga that I wrote like I even had my brother um, asking where I got the inspiration from like questioning if I was with anyone and stuff so um, yeah I I do I do agree with Malcolm Gladwell that talking to people about your ideas is a really good way to branch out into other ideas and journey out with writing yeah same thing um, I also really use that tip of talking to other people about this because initially for my um, uh, essay here, I was just going to do like a news reporter reporting about my character. But but after talking to a lot of people about it, like my, my parents, my cousins, my friends about it, I ended up um, having a second character who is like a, almost like a romantic interest for the evil guy. And then writing a diary about it and their, uh, her experiences with him. So yeah. It's really a good tip to use, just asking people about it, so yeah. So this was like a very like uh, weird experience because originally I really started off with no idea. Like me and Jikane were sitting here during this, we were like, Jikane, what's your idea? She's like, I have nothing. Like I said that like five times and she still had nothing. And then like after like I came up with like a basic plan, I started talking to like Jules and Jikane about it yesterday in call. And once I told them my plan, I could not shut up. Like. <laughs> She was like, every second I had something to say, like, oh my gosh, I'm so smart, something like that. <laughs> every, like, th- so as soon as like I started talking to people about it, it kind of grew. Um, so, just like how writing about your characters allows you to, 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 like, allows them to expand, talking to other people about your characters really, like, develops your character and, like, ex- like it, it, it allows you to get to know your character more. The sharing ideas really helped because my my base idea was kind of basic. I I just want I in the beginning I knew that I wanted like a villain for a villain that was in the eye of men. He was a villain while in the eye of the woman he was like a hero. <laughs> so I went to um, Jules again for inspiration. Like is it is it is this good enough? It's like and then she gave me like the idea of like why not make your hero like your villain a guy instead of a girl since I was going for the girl. 
red and then I thought of like the name red because I really wanted to I really wanted to name the my villain red and then I was like what what else is red it's like oh blood's red so I was able to connect like fear it's like what else is like painful for women it's like period oh they're pregnancy it's like it's like so I was like I'm gonna let my villain use period and pregnancy as his like way of attacking them <laughs> To make it clear to the listeners, no, particularly what they're talking about is Malcolm Gladwell's tip of writing where you should share your ideas good. Like, um, according to Malcolm Gladwell, the greatest um, source of, of like, the greatest writing resource you have is really the people around you, um, where you should r- talk about your ideas. Don't only show it to people once it's a draft already, once you already completely develop the idea, Part of the development of ideas is talking about it, sharing it with other writers or with any other interesting human being. And by talking to them, it transforms that idea into something better than if you just kept it to yourself and developed it on your own. I mean, so far, no, we've gone through half the classroom, more or less. And I think everyone is in agreement that um, they did find it helpful. Um, As Sophia said, it grew good, like her ideas was something small but in sharing it with others it grew and it developed into something she was more excited to to write about okay and even with Jacqueline sharing nowhere it, it seems to be very dynamic and also Calvin's um, experience with both of his um, comic books or mangas where one he tried out both arenas and both avenues but um, the in the end the better product was the one where he shared um, it more I was really uh, invested in this um, assignment I worked on it for like four days and then so uh, I would also agree with everyone else that talking to people will actually like make your ideas better and better um, I kind of made a mistake because I only sometimes I gave like people like backstories of the villains and then made them choose so yeah, but then um, I later on talked to like Sam, Jikane, like the other girls about their um, thoughts about my villain. And also, when starting like any lit assignment, I literally don't know what to do. I'm gonna be honest. So all I do, like I say, like a personal tip is you just start typing stuff, and then if you like make random connections, you like like oh this sounds interesting. So I'm just gonna put that there, and you can erase, erase. So basically, you can like. As Malcolm Gladwell said, you have to make connections. It's it's okay to like step out of your boundaries. So, in order to do that, you can't just like make it like like you have a person already and say, oh, I want like it to be integrated with this and that. You have to like find some themes that are uh, in like your character has, and then like other the other like stuff that you like and you're like oh this dude is like related to this song or this dude is related to something else and i'll go with like some uh, inspiration so yeah that's basically it now my huge lesson that i actually really uh, had in mind was like really developing stories sharing ideas it's, it's true because maybe one person does not like uh, your story it's not interested so you'll end up just doing it again Unlike if you share your ideas, oh, I like this one instead of that. So now you'll find someone who's actually interested in your story. Very cool, right? Yes. And for the uh, second lesson, which is connecting worlds, uh, I did that too. I had to summarize all my thoughts, go in that one specific dimension, and just say, are you good? Yes or no? And they said, uh, no. Okay. So I leave the world there. and like, okay, let's just do that one because, you know, uh, it's just not everyone's interests. Now, my story, of course, is not really as intimidating, but let's just say that, well, it's connecting worlds, but it's through emotions now. So instead of going through uh, physical, you actually do it emotionally. So instead of like saying, oh, I have to do that physically, now you're just like, uh, you know, let's think. 
that's it. <laughs> okay, so so far no more everyone ra is everyone is um seems to be in agreement. Um if you feel like you have another tip, I like Kaayunga uh, Jules gave her tip. Um you call that free writing, no? You actually learned that in grade eight. Like in coming up with an idea, you just kind of just start writing and then you form connections. No, that was a grade eight lesson. So if any past grade 8 students are listening to this um, that's important no free writing or it's very useful um, and I think one thing I will say is that I think this is particularly helpful with assign writing assignments that have a deadline I think that the tip of Malcolm Gladwell is very very useful when you have to develop an idea quickly like with you guys you had one week to write this this essay no so it's actually a fictional character but in a non-fiction format and I find that this tip good it leads to idea generation it, it speeds up the process and that's very important for a work with a deadline and usually works um, writing works with a deadline is non-fiction good if any of you plan to write for a magazine you have to create a lot of content in a short amount of time no or there is a time pressure goodbye and I will say that actually more Longer projects such as like novels, such as um, longer periods of work, no? A lot of writers saying uh, there is a point where you can talk about uh, creative work too much, na. So I wanna add that little piece of balance, ng no, You have to. It's important for idea generation, but once the idea is formed already, you have. To shut up eventually and actually write it down because sometimes some people are very good at talking about their ideas and they get all of their pleasure talking about the idea na when they don't actually write it down anymore the the thrill or the excitement of writing it down is gone because they told everyone about it already so i'm still keep that little bit no of like you don't want to over talk it or talk about it so much it's not fun anymore to actually write it down once talking about it no longer excites your writing then it's time to shut up na and to start dedicating yourself to the work which is why i think it's perfect for journalists um magazine writers nga, you, you don't have a choice eventually you'll have to write it good there's not enough time for you to talk about it you get sick of your idea already okay or you get tired of your idea already so that's my recommendation for longer works know when to stop talking about it and to start writing about it because in the end no matter how good your idea is if you don't have it physically written down what's the point of it okay it's just dead in your brain and it's dead in the conversations that you had with other people or someone else might write it okay so so kinda. and also guys when if you do become journalists no know who to talk to good okay because kuyao, that's also a scary thing where like um someone might steal your ideas like if you talk about it so much like nola because you know cutthroat by good ang journalist world good no and if you talk about your idea too much and you take too long to write it maybe someone else will write it down and get all the credit for it okay so be careful okay um especially now um naanaman ang disney plus no so this podcast is sponsored by disney plus i've been watching ugly betty um and it's so much fun um and the, there's so many like backstabbers there good no which i think leads us to what parole said um let's go into the concept of evil na okay um it, evil in fiction okay so characters that you feel like are really good or bad examples of what a villain should be what a bad guy should be no um so who wants to start that discussion evil in a way is basically um an idea that something is against your ideals or like like for example uh, we we have laws that are against killing, murder, because that's against our ideals. It's against our consciousness. But 
To us, those who are willing to go against their consciousness are evil because they they deny what we believe is correct. And because of this evil, uh, there are those uh, who basically they personify it, like they're called villains. And I believe villains are based off perspective because uh, they're basically based off worldviews. Like for example, 9-11. To those who bombed the Twin Towers, that was a good thing. And to those who were the ones being bombed, that was a bad thing because they were the ones dying. So I do agree with some. And the fact that you mentioned perspective, I totally agreed because a huge part of my piece is actually perspective. So if you want, you can read it. Char. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, the evil is often considered as the bad parts of life. It is like the cruel or the ones that are against the laws. And for me, there are so many villains in our lives that people may think are heroes and some people think that heroes are villains so to me it has almost become very subjective of what you consider a hero and a villain and what you call good or bad that's why i agree with sam about perspective and to mention um one of my favorite villains is azula from avatar last airbender do you guys know that she was the sister of zuko and it, I love her backstory and how she became a villain because it shows how influence can really affect a person. To many people's perspective, she was a crazy, they're not wrong, she did become crazy and undisciplined child. However, she just really wanted to please her father because he was the only one who showed her love. Her mother never gave her love. She gave it all to Zuko, which was her brother. Eventually, that influence made her insane and seen and a bad person. So, and she's really amazing. She works so hard. She has good quality. She's extremely smart. And she's able to bend lightning at the age of 14. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. She is one of, like, for me, the best or well-written villains of all because she has so much humanity that many people don't talk about because they only think of her as crazy and evil. And another good villain, I'm not even sure if he's a villain, he's just a really good character, is Doofenshmirtz. Everyone loves him, right? <laughs> he may not be a good villain, but he's such a good character that he has, he knows his audience. It's like the writers knew their audience. He is just lovable. He's a perfect, lovable villain, which I think would be a great inspiration for our evil writing. The character that I made for for this assignment was um was a victim of you know child abuse and was absolutely neglected by his parents, and and that and that the abuse that his parents inflicted on him, uh, like influenced him to um, not to become the person that he is today, which is, you know, um, he is the cause of his own parents' death, which is, which is like, which is because of the actions that his parents inflicted on him, himself. Everyone has been talking about um, an evil that they have been, uh, that they know, or um, they are aware of. But how about an evil that, that the person who is not aware of, but he thinks he's doing the good, like a good deed. And that brings me to Enrico Pucci from Jojo Part 6. Wait, hold on. Enrico Pucci is a man who doesn't know that he is evil because from his actions, he thinks he's making the world a better place. But the reason why he's like this, because at first, he suffered a very traumatic event from one of his family members dying. And he's also a priest, just to add that. So he went back to the church, and all of a sudden, Dio was there to guide him. And I'm serious, sure. Dio Brando. So, okay, but in the end, all he did was follow Dio's blind orders from him because he thinks he's his savior and God, you know? And it's actually genuinely horrifying. Can you not? It's actually genuinely horrifying how he can do the most inhumane things to people and not care for their lives at all just for his one goal to attain, uh, to attain heaven and this is where I end.
Okay, so I'd also like to talk about my character because he, uh, like what what the uh, previous people said, that uh, influence was plays a big role on uh, start of a villain. So yeah, like like Ishi's character, this guy ch- suffered child abuse from his teachers, um, his parents, and everyone. So his worldview is like, oh, e- adults are evil. So that's why he would always target like big like uh, politicians and stuff like that. So yeah, I just like to say that because I found that uh, similar to other people's themes. Yeah. So I might have like three kind of examples of like villains or like the bad people in like anime and other movies that I've watched. And then the first one, the one I hate the most with is the girl from Harry Potter, Dolores Umbridge. Sure, legit when I see a picture of her smiling, that fake smile, sure, I get so annoyed every time I see her because of like, she acts so like, you know, like prestigious. She likes, she's like perfect and everything. And then the next thing you know, she's like, on a fucking Harry with a smaller. And then abusing, like, hello, you're a teacher, why are you doing that? And then, um, Okay, so like another thing that uh, what I like about villains are when the villains are guapo or like good looking. Because the thing is, because like the thing is, if you know their actions make make them make it easier easy for you to dislike them, but then their face is just blinding. makes it it's blinding. Sure, it's hard to make it to dislike them because like. If they're guapo, you know, a little more koan lenient on the apology and more koan apologizing. But then, if they're if but then there's like a line for me though. Like if it's like genocide, hala na, grab it. Like grab it, na not sure. And then my favorite, actually, from like a villain is um, I'm not I'm not sure if people watch Fairy Tale, but like Zeref from Fairy Tale, he's like the evil gadget. Like he created all these like demons in their world and stuff like that. And then, kanang each demon he created is like trying to destroy every 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 part of the world because it's all for their kanang quote unquote God. But and then and then but the thing is, Zeref created these things because he wanted them. He wanted them to kill himself because he's like, um, what's this? He has it. He has eternal life trip, and he's like, yeah, he's immortal, and he he doesn't like seeing his like loved ones dying already. So in, so he created those creatures for him to kill him. But then instead of killing him, they they're starting to worship him. So everything is like going out of hand. But then in the end. Spoiler, but like he ends up dying, and I cried because like even though he's a villain, I felt so bad because like he, you know, he had a bad childhood, and then you can tell that his loss is like so sucked. Cause there, there's a love, there's a love. Um, what do you call this? A love. He has a love richer, and then she died because of him. Like it's so sad. <laughs> the, my character, his name is his name is Ao A E O. He is um, a product of my own delusionalness. <laughs> okay, so, um, so I had a lot of fun with this project because when I heard the words when I when I heard your said like villains and like you have to make people you know like the villain all of a sudden like my delusionalness like peaked and like I wrote my ideal type of man but like as a villain and if he did like crimes, so so he was heavily inspired by. Um, <laughs> he, no, he was heavily inspired by a villain that I, that um, in a game that I play, <laughs> Genshin Impact. So first, I'll go back to like a point that, that um, to like the villain thing. So like another definition for for evil is like someone who gains amusement from, from amusement or pleasure from doing things that can that harm people. And a villain that I think can fit this definition is the villain that I really, really, really like in Genshin Impact. So. <laughs> his name is his name is um his name is uh his name is uh Dottore and he is part of an organization that is like kind of morally wrong and like stuff that he has done is also very wrong but like uh, his personality his charms like his his whole personality and like his backstory was like really drew me into him because He's attractive and, <laughs> and, and, 
So he's done he's done experimentation on people and has done some very very bad things but he's doing it because of his own curiosity and to help the organization grow to reach its goal. The goal the goal is kind of bad as well but like but like um in the eyes but in the eyes of the organization in the head of the organize the head of the organization um, sees what they're doing as what is right. right. So I, I think the concept of villains and also uh, also heroes uh, along with it is very important because when you have uh, let's say a, a, a film or like a or, or like a, a novel, um, when you have a hero and a villain, you also kind of are looking straight at the art uh, the artist or the person making that that work. Uh, you're looking right at their personal values because since. Uh, uh, writing and film and all of those are uh, are expressions of the writer, um, so personal expressions of the writer. So when you have a hero and a villain, you're essentially seeing right through to the artist and seeing their personal values on what they think uh, uh, is right and wrong, what they think is good and what they think is evil. And this applies to anti-heroes as well. So because when when you have an anti-hero, you see the writer's confusion confusion on what the, the, you see that they're confused on what they think is right and wrong and stuff like that so I think that's one thing very significant about heroes and villains um, and one villain I would like to mention that I really love is um, and you're not gonna believe this Superman Superman from the Injustice universe yes and now I, I grew up with the Injustice universe, right? Like I used to play the game on my tablet when I was six, and then I watched the 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 story of it uh, uh, online. I was like, "Whoa, this is so cool!" And I watched it like 50 times. Um, so I, I grew up with these characters. So most people would think it is weird when they see an evil Superman. They think it's weird. I think it's weird to see a good Superman because I grew up thinking Superman was evil. Um, uh, basically, I think. I think the idea of making Superman one of the most iconic heroes and turning him turning him into a villain is one of the most compelling things I've read personally and the story of how he got evil was uh, great basically um, I'll just tell you the starting is not really a spoiler um, the Joker drugs Superman and when, when he drug no when he drugs Superman he sees he sees Doomsday and you all know Doomsday is a villain so he goes and kills Doomsday and then when he, the drug guy when he is not drugged anymore, he sees that he accidentally killed his own wife, Lois. Uh, and um, Lois's heartbeat was linked to a nuke in Metropolis, so not only did he kill his own wife, he, he basically killed all the people in the city. And because of this, um, his, he can't control his passions and he kills the Joker. And we all know Batman, Superman's best friend, and completely against killing, and that starts a whole series of basically Batman versus Superman, where yeah, and then Superman turns really evil, but you know, you you see a justification of why why he does it, and I think it's just he's just one of my favorite villains. I do agree with what Sam and Wacky had said about perspective. One notable villain that I would like to talk about is Handsome Jack from the Borderlands series. In the pre-sequel, he was this really good person, but then he was constantly betrayed. He lost his girlfriend and whatever. And then he, he found this really powerful item, and then, you know, he was also betrayed. And then he then created the alter ego, Handsome Jack. In the planet where the game takes place, it's called Pandora, and it's surrounded by, like, creatures and, like, psychos. He wants to kill everything so that other people can come to Pandora and live there. And, yeah. In his perspective, he is doing good. But it's only because he's killing everyone. I like that you view even side characters like villains um, intelligently, no? Um, and I think um, what what comes out of it, you guys, is kind of like the. As, I think as long as your villain is still fulfilling the point of the humanities, in answering the question, what does it mean to be human? Then you will have a successful villain. Good. The more human. A villain is the more compelling I think they are if they have clear motivations like if they're not just as some said no kind of like a personification of evil but you just you know get the idea of evil and then you make um a, a personification of it that they, they will not feel very human good and I find that um, more and more those types of villains are 
becoming very forgettable. Nga, they're just evil because they are. Morag, that's just the way they are, ba. But if it comes with um a backstory, if it comes with an understanding, not an excusing, but an understanding of their motivations, you they just become more compelling good okay and then you add in pagyud nga morag okay they're they're evil but at the same time they're attractive sad i mean those are morag i think for us so long as it fulfills the humanity's good then then it's a successful villain good no i think particularly even with a goal of non-fiction is yeah good villains i think should make you us better human beings whether it being a we figure out what we hate in a villain or whether it being a you see a part of yourself in a villain like those are things that can really help you improve as a human being no, you understand yourself more and you also improve yourself a little bit more sad my personal examples no i didn't even like the movie no but one memorable experience i had with a villain recently was in marvel's eternals good with c icarus now i was like um like which by the way icarus is inspired by mythology no i once i honestly did how once i understood his motivations i personally didn't see him as the villain even if the movie kept kind of forcing the idea that he's the bad guy he was doing what he was created to do Murag, th- that's my thing and that's that's the thing i have good you no know, i like personally i like it when someone fulfills the purpose that they were created for and he was created for that purpose and so i was kind of like i know he wanted to destroy the world and kill everyone on it but i was like I didn't see him as the bad guy again. And in fact, I felt like he had personally I felt like he had more honor than his other than you know the the band of heroes who were fighting against him. They were all rebelling against their purpose for why they were created. I felt like Icarus was more honorable and they didn't forget it was just like oh because you know like humanity sucks but they're beautiful too. I didn't understand the motivation of the heroes. I understood very well the motivation of the bad guy and i was I, personally i found him more honorable um even though he was trying to destroy the world um and i think that was uh, personally i think that was a failure of the writers nga murag the only reason is like oh but you know human beings are beautiful I'm like, that's it ba I'm like, it's, that's why we're trying to save them and i'm like and I'm like, it was so unconvincing but i know that's also because of my perspective and my point of view so i think that's one good no um and i didn't even really like the movie because of that reason i think it's very interesting one when villains are very human and i think it's nice you can understand where a villain is coming from without having to excuse all of the evil things they're doing. It's also a lot safer to do this with a fictional story. It's very easy to just kind of write off a murder because it happened in a book. Whereas like, if there's an actual murderer, I don't think you're gonna wanna flirt with him if you know what they did. We'll kind of round out this um, podcast episode talking about your villains I want you to share a quote that I think that you are particularly proud of and then maybe also give if you want to give a tip for the listener no um, on they are gonna have to do this assignment Mangyud. so maybe if you want to give them a tip like as Malcolm Gladwell gave us a tip maybe you can also give if you want to lang it's not required but you can also give them a tip about um, how they will create their own villains moving forward, no? Alright, so in order to sort of introduce this quote to you listeners and to you guys, I want to talk about some context on my villain. So my villain, his name is uh, Doron. So his story is basically that he he went to a carnival with his lover. They did a tarot card reading. After that, they went outside because there was a commotion. And outside, there was a ghastly figure looking for his lover named Bella. And this ghastly figure is an ex of Bella who was like sociopathic. And his sociopathic tendencies and his insanity led to his execution. And so uh, Bella 
denied his love and because of his grudge and his powerful emotions as like he was a vengeful spirit he cursed the town to rot in like a month and the only way for the town to uplift this curse was by having Bella executed just like he was so that Bella would join him in death and so the town couldn't do anything they tried to exercise him they tried to um, bless the town with uh, different materials and stuff and they couldn't so the only way was either Bella was executed or the town would just rot so obviously the mayor said uh, sent guards to get Bella executed and on the final day when the town would rot and Bella and Doron were about to make their escape Bella looked back felt bad for the town jumped off the carriage and then killed herself and so not killed herself but she had herself executed then and there and Doron could only watch in horror so Doron um, felt feelings of dread and um, he died of heartbreak but he also turned into a vengeful spirit and um, for vengeance he decided to haunt the town waiting for any chance to destroy it and I wanna talk about this final like it's like a uh, an article on this myth and I wanna talk about an entry uh, at the end of this uh, article where it talks about a tarot card that represents Doron and his uh, experience after this whole myth or this whole story and it goes like this the five of cups loss happens on the material plane yet what truly belongs to you cannot be taken away that's the meaning of the five of cups this symbolizes the mess after an emotional upheaval like a tantrum or like madness or anything like that and underneath that it says never accepting his lover's death in peace Doron is left to roam the earth and I actually have a drawing of Doron as the five of cups so Doron stands over the five of cups two of which are standing upright and three of them falling like fallen down and like uh, like tripped over and that's because of like a representation of the mess after an emotional upheaval and so Doron is left to roam the earth haunt the town and also some good about him is that he protects couples from other vengeful spirits in that town to make sure that they never experience the pain he went through so that's my villain okay so my story is about a guy named Lu- lucio and he the reason why he became a villain is like his broken heart like is controlling him so he wanted to kill the ones that have couples and stuff so the quote that I chose is, uh, love and first sight is not true. Uh, so my quote that I chose from my, from my work is, uh, I'll read it out loud now. To watch an animal so filled with life and then still and completely lifeless the very next second was not healthy for a seven-year-old. He had hoped at the time that he would never have to witness such a, uh, such a, uh, such a sight again. Ironically enough, now he felt like he was witnessing that very thing happening to himself. Okay. Um, for the context of the quote, uh, message me on Discord, I can send you the essay. <laughs> um, and my tip is, um, you can have a very otherworldly villain, like he has, he, he went through something most people don't go through. But one thing I personally like doing is, um, is making uh, the villain, making the reasoning behind the villain being a villain very, like, very relatable to the average average person meaning that literally any person could become a villain like this so it to me it just draws a more personal connection from the audience or readers to the villain because they know that they can become like this villain it's you know th- this is a part of me this there's uh, the villain there's a little bit of villain inside me you know what i mean okay that's it so my quote that i really have for mine even though if it may not really be, uh, even though my villain may not really have that much backstory, but uh, here is the thing. So manipulating is his key to satisfaction and goal where he eliminates his quarry steadily. It sure is quite under demanding, uh, undemanding to beat them, but examining in detail, he has stimulated the personality, skill, and talent of the person he copies. So this is a life lesson for everyone that I'm actually really telling that Maybe someone out there who actually is manipulating you, gaslighting you, trying to take away something very good from you. So he's trying to find that thing from you, okay? So that's why it says, 
eliminates his quarry steadily. So it tries to eliminate you slowly so that he can take that away from you without even you knowing. Once you actually really understand like these things, uh, you're able to understand gaslighting, um, mass manipulation, and other things that probably would solve uh, uh, friendships. Like just an example, maybe his girlfriend is gaslighting. So you're there to help you. Hey, your girlfriend's actually gaslighting you, man. So just stay away from him. Right? So yeah. But if he denies, then that's okay. He's gonna probably regret that. But yeah, sure. Not only is it going to help you understand human emotion, it's also gonna help you understand uh, or predict actually lies. Predict lies, predict everything that may happen that cause major incidents or drama. So that's all I can say. Mike, the quote I will say is the red, red, the color of blood, is associated with danger and courage. The two words that perfectly describe what red has done and will probably continue to do. Danger for the possibilities of things going sideways at any time and for the uncertainty of how dangerous some men can be. And courage for the fearlessness this man has in order to make the streets safe and comfortable for women again. So yeah, that's my quote. Okay, so um, a little back, uh, like a little like teaser of my villain. Um, basically, uh, she 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 was cursed. Um, I'm, I'll ju I'm just going to say like the like a little teaser of it. For every good deed she does, it makes her it makes her grow more. Like, it makes the fire in her evil the the evil fire in her grow more. So it's kind of like it's like it's a curse. So it's like she has to find a way out. And in the beginning of the essay, I talk about how. Um, uh, us, we all have like villains inside us, not necessarily like murderous villains, but we all have sin within us. And in the end of the quote, uh, oh, in the end of the essay, I talk about how um, just like how humans have villains within them, villains also have humans within them. So it's kind of like it goes like a back and forth thing, like we, both, we all have villains and humans inside us. And a tip I would give to uh, to future right to future people who would like write their own villains is if you have if you start with nothing which is something I really struggle with whenever writing something I always have nothing I say do the thing you love most and kind of incorporate that into your I say because you know your favorite thing the most so the, the thing you love the, mo the most you know it best so writing about something you know really well can really result into a very good paper or a very good essay or a very good creative writing essay so that's my uh that's my my advice to my quote is sir does a sad soul who has to share his life with the crimson king that's just a little teaser of what's gonna happen but that's it in the end but and i also have a tip and surprisingly as he has the same tip as mine because it's also about inspiration. Copy, he's copying. I'm not me. copying. I'll punch you in the face. I am not. Don't try. No, it. because this my character is literally based off a JoJo character once again of Diablo because Diablo has two personalities in him, and they're always in. Um, well, it's not really in conflict. It's more of one personality goes with the um, other personality. So yeah. He's basically crazy. <laughs> yes. Okay, so, so for context about the development of this character, just one sentence. It started with a realization and it ended with a villain. So one thing I will say about this project is that it made me, it actually made me question the credibility of what is a hero. That's how much it really affected me. So the quote that I chose is, the hero and villain life is a work of art. There are many details that only the artist will only know that the crowd misses. In the end, what divides a hero and a villain might just be a smudged line. So this to me shows, this talks a lot about perspective and the way, the reason why I chose this is because it shows a lot about my villain's personality and how she views the world and the unfairness of life or maybe how other people just see things. So, to know more, you should really read my koan, my paper. Yes. Okay. And for a tip, personally, what made me really move or like start moving properly is a very personal tip. Not everyone will, not everyone really would want to do this. But character design really helped me shape the character of 
of who I of my villain. So other than just asking your friends, it would nice to have a visual of what your character look like. Sharp edges can sharp edges can can describe them as a sharp person. They may be smart. Their color can affect who they are. It really shows their personalities, their costumes, and their looks. So they could really be a good way to inspire you. In my my quote is like in first person. It's supposed to be the character talking. So maybe the rain will stop and I'll start walking on an, on my own. Or maybe somebody with an umbre umbrella will help me walk through the rain. It will take time, but I'll stop and wait for now. So basically, for context, this is the perception of the child of the world around him. So uh, living is. Living is like a flower that momentarily blooms once, then withers away, but from the ashes comes new beginnings. But if life were compared to a flower, there are those who trample upon pure flowers, but relish in the beauty of those with thorns. And also a tip, it may be scary to ask others like what they may think about your ideas, but trust me, it goes a long way. I'll give a small background on my character. So like I said, ill is a result of my own delusionalness. And um, in all honesty, I feel like I wrote this man more for like my own entertainment because when I was writing, when I was like thinking of my audience when writing this character, I was thinking of like um, people who, like me, are also you know delusional for fictional men and stuff. So so the target audience is me. <laughs> so I made him. I decided to make uh, Ao an artist because I wanted to have a similarity to him, meaning that we are meant to be. So, and um, just like a little, just like a little fun fact um, about it, I have um, my writing with him doesn't have much relation to Greek mythology, but I made sure he has like just a little, a little something in it. It's not like super deep or anything, but his, it's it's something. So his name is Aeo, spelled A-E-O, which is a shortened version of Aeolus, who is the keeper of the winds in Greece, which leads me to my next point. So. Um, the title of this essay, of the of the thing, essay of the writing I wrote is um, Scytherism, which 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 means the wind in the trees, because the way Ao kills his kills his victims is as silent as the wind. Ao isn't exactly a, like a complex character, but to me he's a potential love of my life, and now an original character that I will be drawing more often now. The quote that I chose from my own writing is actually the last sentence of my piece, which is, His smile is so, so gorgeous. Because I... <laughs> that's because his smile is his selling point. His selling point is his million dollar smile. He's a gorgeous man with a gorgeous smile. And no matter what he does or what he's been through or like no matter like the suffering he's been through, his smile will still be as gorgeous as ever. Love story. Very delusional. My delusion has peaked. Basically, the name of my essay is called Human Again, and the character's name is Alejandro. And uh, Alejandro, uh, I wanted it to be like more mystery and have a lot of plot twists. So that's why uh, some my ideas, like the main character, like the villain's name, actually have has like deeper meaning. So Alejandro actually means protectors of protector of mankind or the man who repels enemies. So um, basically, like uh, inside of my character, he was a valedictorian. He loved. He was kind of weirded out with the concept of being like praised and like, wow, you're so good at this. And then he really wanted to feel that emotion again, but he didn't know how to get it. So that's why he later on turned into harm harmful stuff, which I won't tell because it's kind of like the selling point of my thing. So read mine. Um, uh, also, to a uh, uh, little teaser again for my essay, I will read the introduction guide. It's my favorite. So, the introduction is We are human. The mind is a complex organ comprising many muscle cells and components. This fleshy organ contains millions of nerves. However, something as simple as your friend group inviting you to dinner can activate a sense of joy throughout our body and our brain loses its ability to stay structured. How can someone resist the sweet, succulent, and delectable feeling of something that can bring happiness to one's life? Okay, so that's my quote. And then um, I guess a tip, like personally, whenever I'm like, writing I always listen to music so that's where I got most of like my inspirations for my two ideas so 
Um, and also, if you really want to like make inspirations, like for example, you have a favorite song, and you want to make it like inspired or connected with your um, villain, you have to like even though you know know it, you have to like go really deep in order to like actually like connect it. So also, a uh, song recommendation is um, "Growing Up Is Blank" by Roel or Roel, I don't know how to pronounce his name, and uh, "Dopamine Addict" by Alec Benjamin. Oh, also. Uh, if you really want to access, uh, if you suggest on listening to a true crime podcast, that's basically most of my uh, plot here. So, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Follow me on Spotify at Larig's Dump. The quote I chose is from the book, The Bhagavad Gita, and it says, Now I have become death, the destroyer of worlds. It's, she's basically reflecting that she's become this monster, but she doesn't try to excuse it. She knows she has become one. Okay, very good. I think the point of this podcast, you know, is to get me excited to read your work. And I am very excited to read your work based on what I heard you're playing around with. You have very well-formed ideas. Um, and from what I, from what you read to me, you've got the non-fiction format down well. They do sound like essays. They do sound like articles, no? And not like fiction, um, which um, that's very, very good, okay? Also, a success from this podcast episode is that I got ideas for future evil episodes, no? For future years. I think one thing I would find interesting is that so many of the villains we talked about now were, you know, like murderers, like kanang world leaders killing entire races of people, no? And I think it might be interesting for future grade 10 students to discuss kanang, you know, uh, villains from stories that aren't that high stakes ba? like villains in romantic comedies villains in love stories yeah, they don't actually kill people but they're still getting in the way of what we want the hero or the protagonist to get no and those can also be very interesting to discuss so maybe next time for an evil episode it's like no murderers or like or like hardcore criminals allowed, no? But other types of villains with a little bit more subtlety to their actions, all right? Um, I think another interesting thing, and this will be our, the take home for your class, no? Um, it's nice to ask yourself, who in your class do you think is the most villainous? Okay? <laughs> Whether it be through, I don't know, like the, the vibe they give out, or if it be even based based on their quirks, no? Um, who do you think has the most villainous quirks? Um, so that would even be an interesting topic for a podcast episode, no? Just say goodbye to our podcast listeners. Bye! Bye! Bye. 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 Bye.